0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Conner. Hi, this is Miriam, and welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be talking with WKYC Cleveland's Stephanie Haney about her journey to motherhood. This episode has been sponsored by Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center. If you have concerns about your child's speech development, call Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center for more information at 216-231-8787 or visit chsc.org. Stephanie Haney is a digital anchor and legal analyst at WKYC Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, specializing in trending topics, legal news, and social issues. Stephanie is a lawyer and Emmy-winning journalist who previously appeared on the nationally syndicated entertainment news show Daily Mail TV, which is filmed in New York City. Following earning her Master of Science in Journalism from the University of Southern California, Stephanie produced for ABC's Good Morning America in the field and series department, in addition to working on Diane's... American Dream Project. Her additional on-camera credits include hosting roles on the Travel Channel and guest appearances on OWN, TNT, Spike, NFL Network, Fox Sports, and the History Channel. She's been published by the Los Angeles Times, LA Weekly, DailyMail.com, and PopSugar, just to name a few. And she's also the co-host of the Sassy and Uncalled For podcast with host, with host Chelsea... Irwin. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very very excited excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you here too. And you obviously are super um, accomplished and super, you know, you've done so many things. Um, There were a million other things I could have said um, from your bio as well. So I really am glad that you're here. You know, everybody's path to motherhood, everyone has a different story, it seems, you know, when you talk to different people. And there, there are so many different paths and journeys that that people take. Some are kind of the quote unquote traditional and some are not different ways to get to motherhood. Um, and so you're going to share yours with us. And I do really appreciate it because it is personal um, and it's special and personal to you. So I do appreciate you sharing it. I think that um, it's going to touch a lot of people and
1: inform a lot of people. So I'm really glad that you're here to share that with us. Well, Thank you. And I hope so. You know, that was part of something that I was very thoughtful about when it came to sharing my journey because I do just want to help inform people because I think it's just so mystifying. There's just so much we don't know and it's not something that we talk about.
0: Right, exactly and I think some people they it's private. Which is fine, you know. You you could you could have kept everything private, and that would have been totally fine. Sure, yeah. But um, you know, so a lot of people, and it's it's confusing. There's a lot of different things out there, a lot of different information, a lot of misinformation. Some people just don't know what to do in certain situations when it comes to that. And so I do appreciate you sharing it. So tell me, um, just maybe a little bit about your background and kind of what led you
1: to your decision. My background, okay, geez, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of funny hearing you say. Um, just about the the winding road and how some people approach things from a non-traditional way. I would say nothing about my life has been traditional. It's been sort of almost random might be a (laughs) word for it. But um, I did always know that I wanted to have a big family. That is something that I always knew from the time that I was little. And my family, I would describe it as smaller. You know, it's sort of... It's very small. We never had that sort of like big extended family experience. So that was something that I always wanted. So I wanted to have a lot of children myself to sort of make that happen for the future. Mm -hmm. So that is why I decided within the last year to freeze my eggs because I wanted to preserve that option for myself.
0: OK, so it's a new I think that's a relatively new decision and you're going through it, you know, right now. And just and I've you have videos out there and things like that, which I think, you know, I mean, I watched a lot of those. And I think it's great because you are very open and kind of sharing your whole you know, journey with it. So um, and so you definitely knew that you always wanted to have kids when you were younger. I mean, what did that look like to you? probably more the traditional like when you're a younger girl you know oh I'm gonna sure you know follow this path and it's gonna go in this order
1: yes well I thought that I was going to go to college go to law school get married you know start a law firm have a family and do everything in that order. So I did actually get married. I married my high school sweetheart. And then I got into law school. So I actually did that part a little bit out of the order right, that I had envisioned right. to start with. Went to college, got married after that, was in law school. Unfortunately, you know, that didn't work out. Not his, unfortunately. His it loss, didn't work out. His no. loss. You know, he's a great guy, and I think we're both in the places where we're supposed right. to be. So I'm right. thankful for that experience and I'm thankful for the experiences that I'm having now. So I think maybe the first time I started thinking about it really was when my marriage ended, which was in 2009. Um, I knew I wanted to have children. I knew that I was in the situation where society kind of makes you think this is the point where you should have children. Right. That's a whole
0: yeah, and that's a whole nother thing, you know, right? Mm -hmm. That that has, you know, we could talk about too. Right. Because I'm sure you were feeling that pressure. I'm sure people were asking you, you know, what's the deal? When are you going to have kids? Or people might have said to you, you know, oh, you're just focused on your career. You don't care about that. Or, you know, all this kind of stuff that people, for some reason, feel the need to share.
1: Sure. (laughs) Yes, there was a lot. There is, you know, that just is like, especially when you get Married younger, I think. Well, I don't know because I'm older now and not married, so I guess I, I can't speak from that experience. <laughs> well, I'm older than right. I was then for sure, and thank God for it. By the way, right? Um, so that is a common question after you get married. It's yeah. like it's like for lack of better conversation to make. I think people just want to so. say, "When are you going to have kids?" Yeah. And you know? I think some people mean it
0: like you would be great. You know, you'd be a great mom, so they don't mm-hmm. mean it negatively. No. But it's kind of like. Okay. You know, enough is enough. And I did get married young. Um, I was 21 and we waited 11 years to have our first child. And we did that. It wasn't like a plan plan, but that that was just kind of what we decided to do. So everybody was, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. what's wrong with you guys? When are you going to have a baby? You know, why aren't you have a baby yet? And it's like, yeah, we we will. It just... You know, and and obviously in due time, in due time. And that was the perfect time for us to to do that. But right. People were asking us, you know, constantly.
1: And I think most people were meaning it, like I said, in a flattering way but still. Sure. And just out of a genuine curiosity. Yeah. And I will always say, you know, I don't ever want anyone to shy away from asking me a question. You can always ask me a question. I don't have to answer it. True. And you're very
0: open, I will say, and just from the stuff I've seen and you, and that's true, you know, and you don't get offended and things
1: you can just say, you know, it's right, personal or whatever. And, or maybe, maybe I don't know the answer mm-hmm. to the question you're asking because... That happens a lot. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of answers that I don't know. Yeah. And a lot of things I've been asked and I thought I knew the answers. And, you know, that changes with time. Right. I do like your mindset because I think some women um,
0: would maybe have gotten mad or bitter or, you know, super freaked out about it. It's never happened to me. You know, but you have a really good mindset and a positive mindset that you were like, listen, that wasn't supposed to be. And so now here I am. and And you're like, I'm just going to do this because this is something I want to do. And um, you know, we'll go from there. And mm-hmm. I, I do like that. And, you know, it just made me think when we were talking about, you know, your plan, which everybody does that when they're younger. Um, you know, my daughter's 16, my oldest, and, you know, she'll say that too, you know, oh, I'm going to be married by this time. I have these, and I'm not going to, you know, crush her. <laughs> you know, That's not going to happen. But, but I also do want her to know, you know, Hey, if that happens, that's great, but it may not happen that way. And that's going to be just great too. You know, if it happens, right. if things happen in a little different way, just because I, you know, it, it may not, <laughs>
1: You know, I'm so glad you said that because there are some young people in my life that are sort of like just starting out on their journey and, you know, getting engaged and planning a wedding and all of these things. And you hear a lot of, you know, outside forces, people saying, "Mm, you don't want to tell them, you know, maybe you should tell them, you know, you got married young, you got divorced, maybe you should share that story. And I'm like, hey, (laughs) that is not my role. My role is to celebrate people's choices and then celebrate them throughout the entire process and also be here for my loved ones if things hit the fan. Mm -hmm. That is my role here. So, you know, do you live your life? I'm such a proponent of that because there is no one track for all of us or any of us. And I I don't ever want to be someone who projects my experiences onto other people. Right. That's right. That's good. That's really good. So you decided, hey, I'm going to freeze my
0: eggs. Mm -hmm. So, what was that? I, I would think there were some obviously, you know, from that thought to actually doing it, you know, the, in that mm-hmm. in between because that and that's really a big, you know, to actually go do it. You know, I'm sure like some women are like, I'm going to do that or I should do that
1: and then never did it for, you know, different reasons. Sure. So what got you from the thought to actually doing it? Well, I will tell you. So my marriage ended, like I said, in 2009. I didn't do this until July of this year. So, you know, if you're doing the math, that's 10 years. (laughs) Right. So that's a long time coming. And I would have done it much sooner, but for the financial aspect Mm -hmm. of it. So that was a major hurdle for me. But I finally found myself in a position last year where I could afford it and was able to make it happen. And I will tell you, and the doctors will tell you this too, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, the younger, the better, because we do know that as we get older, the likelihood of developing a a successful pregnancy with our eggs goes down because we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have, right? So that's the science that's out there. If you're considering this, that might be something that you've realized. So the financial aspect of it was a huge barrier for me. But finally, I go in, I make the call, I make the appointment, and I thought it was going to be quick. I thought it was going to be like, bing, bang, boom. You know, I'm in there, I'm out, two weeks, done. It was not that for me. It was a seven-month process wow. for me. Yeah, I
0: wouldn't think that it would be that like that either. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. And the reason is because my testing didn't come back. My diagnostic testing that they did for me at the clinic that I used, Extend Fertility, that's in Manhattan, not here in Cleveland. Okay. Um, But they do diagnostic testing to sort of tell you what your likelihood is of how many eggs you might freeze. And I was not happy with the numbers that came back. So
0: then what do you do from that point?
1: So I waited. Okay. Because I had been on birth control my whole life. So the doctor that I spoke with had told me that— it was possible that my reproductive system was experiencing some suppression from being on got birth it. control for so long that's not definitive but, but it maybe. was possible yeah. and they think probably likely so you didn't like those
0: numbers so you didn't mm-hmm. go forward with it at that point because you're like hey this i don't like this you know this percentage or whatever so i'm going to wait okay mm-hmm. so then you had to wait and then go back and do the testing again
1: yes okay several more times actually oh wow okay. i got tested last december For the first time and then I went back in February and got tested and then uh, I'm a little foggy on the timeline because it's been a little bit now, but I think it was May that I went back again and then I was finally like, okay, my numbers are in a place that I feel okay about this. It was my anti-malarian hormone level that wasn't as high as I wanted it to be. And For those who might not be aware, so this is a hormone that gets released by the follicles in your ovaries. So a higher level is supposed to be more indicative of a better chance that you'll get more eggs in the egg freezing process. You got really like
0: schooled, and you're like, <laughs> I, I know this stuff. <laughs> if what you, done, what you didn't want to do, what you did what yeah, but yeah. it's great. I mean, you're super knowledgeable about it, and you, I mean, you have to learn about it, obviously, if you're if you're going through it. And, and sorry if that was too sciencey. No, not but at all. I think I, it's it's actually fascinating, like to me, because it's not something I knew a lot about, and I'm sure most people don't. And you don't think you don't think of all these things mm-hmm. that go into it or that are behind it, like you're saying. You're like, you go in, and you're like, I'm just gonna go in and kind of do this procedure. Or whatever. And then there's so much that goes into it. Here's
1: the tough thing, too. And it was something that I sort of was hitting my head against the wall about throughout the whole process is most people don't do this kind of testing until they're trying to have a baby and find out that they're having a hard time with it. So this whole thought. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, if you're not trying to do do it, it, you're not thinking Mm -hmm. about it. You're not having this testing. Right. So. I think it's really interesting that there seems to be a little bit of a change in my mindset among women like myself who are thinking they want to have children, but now is not the time. So, you know, we're like, let's freeze our eggs. Right. So we don't have great data. So I do want to make this point because this is a point that the doctor was sure to make to me. AMH level, that hormone level that I was talking about, some people will just have a low AMH level and never know it because they don't have trouble conceiving.
0: Okay. So it shouldn't, scare people okay. necessarily
1: if they have a low
0: It doesn't mean it's level. not going to happen. Right. It just means, yeah,
1: you. Have right. I could have
0: it and I would never know.
1: Right. Right? Right, I exactly. And, and just to sort of let you know where I was, I think my level to start was 0.5 and that's when I was like, wow, this is really low. This is considerably low, even for someone who has never been on, you know, l- low for someone even on birth control mm-hmm. at the moment because I had already gotten off of it. And I'm still off of it, by the way. And, you know. That's and it's fine. I actually didn't experience any of those um, side effects, okay, any good. like major when you changes yeah. in feeling when I went off that's of it. Good. But some people do. And then by the end of it, it was at 1.7. And that's when I was more comfortable. Okay. So then you're like, moving Let's forward. Move
0: forward. We're going to take a quick break. And it's, it's super fascinating. And I'm going to have a lot more questions for you. So we'll take a quick break and come right back. Kelly was worried. Her son CJ wasn't reaching typical speech milestones. Mostly nonverbal, CJ would point or grunt. A lack of language skills caused frustration and tantrums. Kelly and CJ found the help they needed at the Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center where CJ blossomed. Kelly says once he began to use language and express himself, his confidence grew and his social skills improved. Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center gave us the help and support we needed at a critical time in his development. If you have concerns about your child's speech development, call Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center for more information at 216-231-8787 or visit chsc.org. Okay, we are back talking with Stephanie Haney from WKYC, and um, so you're telling us about your journey through and your experience through um, freezing your eggs, and you talked to you know a little bit about why and the whole process of it, which is yeah something that like you said you didn't even weren't even aware of it really of all what um, it entailed until you started to go no. through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so what? One question that came to my mind is, you know, when you decided to do it, how did you tell your family, and what was what was their reaction?
1: Hmm, what was their reaction? I feel like my family is just sort of used to me just doing random things and surprising oh, that's just them Stephanie. with things. Yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> like I truly, I do think they're just sort of used to what's Stephanie gonna say today. Doing now? Oh, you've moved back to Cleveland? Okay. Oh no, you're you just moved, you know, to New York right, at the fine. drop of a hat from yeah. LA? Sure. You're freezing your eggs, fine. Um I think I think that they were uh they were supportive of Good. it. I you know, I talked a little bit about it with my mom. I think she's given up on me for grandchildren. No, she has not. (laughs) She might have, but no, no, they're really accepting. They're honestly, no matter what I do, my parents always just say, "We just want you to be happy." That's good. That's so nice. That's good. All
0: right, good. So you didn't have, because I'm sure I would imagine even like grandparents and that kind of generation like what you know you're doing what why you know just that kind of thing and you're you're so beautiful and wonderful why don't you have a, a husband you know those i'm sure right. you, i'm sure you get that too so um that's good i'm glad they're super supportive of you so you go through and you decide you your levels were what you were comfortable with and so you go ahead and do it and so what now? Like, what was the next step?
1: The next (laughs) step was a lot of doctor's appointments. They really monitor you very thoroughly throughout this process. You have to have your blood tested every other day. And really, yes, you do. And you have to go into the clinic for that or go to a blood testing facility. And, and that was a challenge because I was working this whole time. You know, I didn't have the luxury of taking time off work, but thankfully the clinic that I worked with opened at seven in the morning. Oh, good. So, as long as I got there just what you
0: want to do early <laughs> yes,
1: took the train in as long oh as I was goodness. the first person there, I was able to make it to work because I had to be you know downtown mm-hmm. by eight a m but it worked out, you know we made it work that's what we do, yep. right, ladies, we figure out what <laughs> yes, we want to do and it. we make it yep. work so that was probably the most challenging thing, and I will tell you out of this whole ordeal, I said that my left arm had the worst of it because that's just where I They always drew the the blood from. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, my gosh, my poor left arm.
0: Uh, Oh, man. So how long did you have to do that? How many—you might have just said it. I missed it because I was so, like, thinking about what you're saying. How many weeks or months or what was the time frame of you having to do that, getting the
1: blood? So the actual blood drawing and the hormone injections that you give yourself, that can range anywhere from 7 to, you know, maybe up to 14 days for some people. I did— I think seven days of injections. You had to do that yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, I was very lucky. Actually, I have a friend who is a nurse, and she was wonderful. To myself, I was so nervous to do my (laughs) own injections, but she really walked me through it, just showed me everything step by step, which was awesome. And then I was able to get comfortable doing it it myself. And my podcast co-host Chelsea, she did some injections for me as well. Yeah, (laughs) she's an all-around friend there. Yep. She's (laughs) like, come on, (laughs) full service. (laughs) Truly, she is one of those down for down for whatever it's
0: fun all right so then you do all that and then what's
1: next so after all of the injections and then you take the final injection and then you go in for your procedure i think 36 hours later don't don't hold me to that but it's you know very soon after the final final injection and you and you have your procedure and so then they retrieve the eggs but the thing is is the number of eggs that they retrieve might not all be mature and you don't know that right away. So you could go through all of that and then it's still, it's still an unknown. It is an unknown. No. And you do have monitoring throughout the process. They'll do a transvaginal ultrasound so they can see the follicles in your ovaries growing. So they have an idea of how many have reached the proper size because okay. the size is kind of an indication of which ones might be mature enough to freeze. But still, they don't know until they have them. So they retrieve the eggs, and then they tell you how many they retrieve right when you come out. So I had eight that came out. But that didn't necessarily mean that all eight would be able to be frozen because they were mature enough to be potentially later used to hopefully become a baby. Luckily, though, for me, all eight of them were mature. Okay, That was the best possible outcome that I could have with the eight You know, I was a little disappointed, though. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed when I came out, and they told me that they had only been able to retrieve eight because they count your follicles when you start to get a baseline, and I had 16. And that was the most that I had had, which was why I wanted to wait throughout that testing. Um, So I was hoping, I mean, they had prepared me that I could expect maybe somewhere in the 10 range. But I was really hoping for 16 just because I know the likelihood of having a baby drops more. You know, you want to have 10. That's okay. kind of like the sweet spot. Okay. You want to have 10 and then at my age, which is in, you know, the 33, 34, 35 range, the likelihood of having a baby with 10 eggs is like in that 50-60 percentile.
0: Okay. So with the 8 though, I mean, it would go down a little bit. A little bit, but it's still, still in that range. That?
1: They're still yeah. They were okay. happy. Good. They were happy. And then, Good. you know, I'm I was happy too. I was happy that yeah. 8 of them were mature enough to be frozen.
0: Yeah, that's great that all 8 that they had were able to, right. to do that, so that's great. Best possible outcome. Best possible outcome. Well, that's good. That's great
1: news. So, so, so. now I have those eggs yeah. frozen. They're hanging out in the New England states.
0: <laughs> they're on vacation <laughs> they're, there. They're, yeah, they are literally
1: chilling. My eggs are just chilling, and and it it feels nice to have yeah. that, you know, because I think about when I might like to try to have a child, and so this is this is sort of the crazy thing about it all is. You know, you kind of hope to never have to use them, Uh but it's nice to have them. Because here's another thing to think about. If you go through egg freezing, you know, that's an expense, right? But later, if you're going to use those eggs, you've got to fertilize them. That's another expense. They have to be implanted. That's another whole other expense. More procedures and all that that you have to go through. More injections. And the hormone injections that are involved in the IVF process, which is, you know, when you would implant an already, you know, embryo, created embryo, you know, because the embryo is the egg and the sperm together into your body. It's a lot more injections. It's a lot longer process. Right. So, right. You can. Okay. So you just made an interesting comment. You know, you may,
0: they're there, you know, because we don't know exactly what's, you know, you don't know what's going to happen no. in the future, obviously. Um, But you don't have to use them. Right. Um, but they're there if you do. So either way. Yeah. That's really, that's, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm really, um, it's a great story and the point is we said earlier there isn't one way to being a mother there isn't a right, right or wrong or a best or worst it's different you know i know people that have adopted and foster you know all these different kind of things um you know freezing your eggs is one way and that's the way that you know you wanted you wanted to go mm-hmm. um for for what you are you know your station in life and all that and like you said you may use them you may not but it's very exciting that you have them and that you're done with the process I'm sure
1: you're excited about yes. that for
0: now for mm-hmm. now you may have to like we said you may have more procedures and more injections and all that down the road but I know that if that's what happens you probably will. Just like now. Just, you know what I mean? Be positive and exce- thankful that you are able to do it. Sure. You know?
1: And I will just share this little medical tidbit because this blew my mind. And we talked about this on my podcast. We had the one of the managers from Extend Fertility come on my okay. podcast and talked about this. Your uterus doesn't age the same way your eggs and your ovaries do. Even after menopause, you can carry your own child if you have frozen oh, your eggs. Interesting. Which blew yeah, my that mind. Is, because you
0: think, you know, at certain ages we've been told, like, you know, you're, you're done. You're not going to be able mm-hmm. to have, you know, but you can carry.
1: Yes. Okay. You can. you can Your uterus is healthy enough to be able to carry a pregnancy, even after menopause. Interesting. Even after you stop having your period. And we are not in a bad spot for all of the science because, you know, the Cleveland Clinic yes, is doing uterus transplants, <laughs> which is phenomenal. And so science is just amazing. Yeah. It just is amazing it really the things is. we can do. And
0: we are in, like you said, a great area. Um, if you're here, you know, local where we are because we have some of the top, you know, research yes. and docs and hospitals. So um, would, you, would you do it again? Knowing now what you know, if you hadn't gone through it, you know, knowing what you know, would you go through the process again now?
1: I absolutely okay. would. And I will tell you that the scariest part about it was the not knowing. Okay. Not knowing if my levels would come up, not knowing how many eggs I would get, not knowing how long I was going to have to take the injections, not knowing if I was going to experience some of those side effects. I'll also say, too, I had a pretty easy go of it. A lot of people experience a lot of swelling, a lot of side effects with those injections. I don't, you know, I don't want to just say, yeah, I took the injections for seven days. That was it. It was easy. No, I got very tired. One side effect that I had was being very, very tired, you know, add to that getting up early to have to make those doctor's appointments or whatever. Um, but I would definitely do it again, but I will say it is not without its side effects. A lot of other people that I talked to experience different side effects as well.
0: And do you still want a big family?
1: I do. Yeah. Oh, I always say that I want five kids, <laughs> and then everyone that has kids tells me, "Wait till you have one."
0: No, I, I don't. I don't say that. I say yes. Have as many as you can. I have three, and that's that's those are the kids I was supposed to have, and I'm so happy and thankful. But right, if it was like if I were younger, <laughs> yeah, and could have another, I would do it.
1: <laughs> I have always said I would like to have five. I I would like to have at least two. Yeah, I would love to have five. Right. I just love that having like a crazy feel. fun. Yeah busy, active I like life. I yes.
0: like the chaos. Yeah. I like the
1: chaos. I
0: thrive in the chaos. Yeah, me too. That's how I, you know, some, now some days I'm like, ah, oh, but, but I really do. I like the commotion and the chaos and the loudness. Yes. And the, I also crash and yeah. burn sometimes yeah. in the chaos, oh, yeah, yeah. but I thrive in it <laughs> Everybody too. Everybody does that. But yeah. <laughs> and I had my kids at 32, 35 and 39. And when I say 39, I was knocking on 40, mm-hmm. <laughs> two months away from that. So, you know, I do like that now it, feels i mean it, it is different there's not that stigma like oh my gosh you're you know quote unquote old to have a baby you know that 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 women right. can have babies if they're physically able later it's not like a weird you know i think it used to be like oh my gosh you're out of your 20s and you're having trying to have a baby you know what i mean so right. i do i am glad for that kind of switch socially um not that it matters what anyone else thinks but just you know what I mean?
1: It's, it's but it's just nice yeah. to to know that other people are going through the yeah. same things that you're going through, right? Nobody likes to be the only person in a room that everyone's looking at sideways, right? Right? You know? like exactly. How is she? Did she mean to have a baby? You know, right. like that. Oh, <laughs> was that? A, was that yeah. an
0: accident? Was that a surprise? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's so funny. Well, what advice? Um, before we go, you know, someone that is maybe thinking about this and they listen to this and they're like, you know, I was, I, I, I never really thought about it that much or I'm considering it. What kind of advice would you give um, to another woman?
1: The advice that I would give is twofold. So the first piece of advice would be if you're thinking about it, if you have the financial means to do it, the younger, the better.
0: Yeah. That's what you mentioned that earlier. Younger, the better, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. No, but younger, the better. Don't think about it forever.
1: Right. Do it. I would say I, I mean, it's still early, right? We don't know a lot about the medical side effects. And of course, I am not a doctor, but you sound like it doesn't. one doctor. You oh. know a lot. <laughs> well, I'm a jurist doctor, <laughs> but not go. a medical doctor. <laughs> um, I would say there just doesn't seem to be a downside to me. There just doesn't seem to be a downside to me. And I also thought, you know, when you're thinking about financial considerations as well, I thought the storage would be much more expensive than it is. It's a couple hundred dollars a year okay, to store oh, yeah. them. But so, I was thinking it would be like a like hundred dollars yeah, a month, yeah, you know, sure. or two hundred dollars a month or something, but it's not. It's a couple hundred dollars okay. a year. Um, so I would say that, you know, sooner rather than later, talk to your doctor, ask for those tests you know, ask for a transvaginal ultrasound so you can just see how many follicles you're producing each month. Get that AMH blood level test so that, you know, you have an idea of where you are and and what a timeline might look like for you because it's different for everyone. My second piece of advice is for people who are in committed partnerships that are thinking about this. This is where I'm going to put my lawyer hat on ah. and tell people from a property perspective. If you are considering freezing embryos with your partner, You should maybe also consider freezing eggs because there are a lot of cases out there where people who have experienced traumatic life-altering things, like people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, they're freezing embryos to preserve that fertility, but we don't know what's going to happen, right? So then that partnership ends and all of a sudden you have this thing, which is an embryo, that somebody else is a half-owner of. And if you're doing this to preserve your chances at having a future family, you own your eggs. You own them solely outright. They are yours. And I know, you know, as I said, as we get older, there's the chances of achieve of retrieving more eggs go down. So you've got less to work with. So I do understand that. And there is a benefit to freezing embryos because you know how many have matured into the embryo stage. Here's the other math thing. My eight eggs that are frozen, when I go to fertilize them, if I do not all of them may mature to an embryo stage and be, you know, able to try for a pregnancy. So there is that benefit if you freeze the embryos as you know how many embryos you have. But from a property standpoint, just think about freezing your eggs if you can too, good if advice. you're freezing embryos.
0: Yeah, and you are a lawyer, so that is good advice. You know, just a side that isn't something that probably a lot of people might, might consider or it's not like the, I don't want to say like, you know what I mean? It's not like the, oh, I'm going to be a mama. You don't think about that no. kind of that side of it, but and it's something to consider.
1: And especially not when you're in sort of some of those traumatic situations that prompt these kind of things to happen. Like if you have been diagnosed with cancer or something right. like that, you're not thinking, will my partnership end? <laughs> right. you're, you're not thinking that. So just want to put that out there now. So it's something that that's maybe yep. little, little seed that's planted in there. So hopefully you don't find yourself in that situation ever, but just in case you do.
0: Yeah, that's good. No, that's really, really good advice and definitely something that probably a lot of people may not consider. So that's very good advice. Stephanie, I thank you so much um, for joining me. I think that you're super brave and you're just, I love that your openness and just, you know, you're going to share whatever, you know what I mean? You're like, ask me, it's fine. And because it is personal, but you're willing to share it in hopes that you can help other other women. And I'm sure that you are. And you're going to be an amazing mom. Thank and you. And I can't wait um, <laughs> Thank you to follow so much. that story and see when that happens. And it's definitely, um, you're going to be a great mom. So how can people find you if they want to learn more about this or connect with you How can they do that?
1: Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handles are underscore Stephanie Haney. I have videos in my highlight reel on my Instagram page of my entire process. I also have some on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash C slash Stephanie Haney JD and we'll also be doing a series about this with WKYC actually so you'll be able to see my story on our website there too great well yep
0: find her Um, you can get all that information you can connect with her um, all the ways that she said and thank you again Stephanie thank you so much This episode has been sponsored by Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center. If you have concerns about your child's speech development, call Cleveland Hearing and Speech Center for more information at 216-231-8787 or visit chsc.org. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.